Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mats, the CBS 21 weather podcast after a bit of a holiday break. We are back with you here uh, this week, and appropriately enough, it is a brand new year. Happy New Year, everybody, and a brand new year means a brand new weather pattern and a lot to talk about here in this edition as uh, we get geared up for really what is our first chance, uh, not only at a legitimate plowable snowfall here in the winter, of 2023-2024, but really our best chance for any kind of a plowable snowfall in nearly a year. Yes, nearly a year. So in case you missed uh, some of the numbers that we had for you guys coming out of 2023, but uh, when you added up all of 2023, January through December, the total amount of snow for the calendar year of 2023 was 3.9 inches of snow. All of that fell in January of last year in two bites. We had uh, like about a three inch snowstorm and we had another, another, I shouldn't even call it a snowstorm, another dusting of basically less than an inch. And that was it. And that was an all time record in terms of least amount of snowfall in any given calendar year, not any given winter, but any given calendar year. Now, normally uh, in a year, we would see 29.9 inches of snow and uh, 3.9. Yeah, pretty amazing. When you consider it, we went through February and March and February on average is our biggest snow month in uh, central PA. We went through February, March. March, as we know, can be a pretty big snow month for us here. Uh, it actually ranks third in terms of uh, average amount of snowfall. The rankings go February, January, March in terms of amount of average snow in a month and then back to December and November. Um, so, yeah, that's something I think a lot of times people forget is that we do actually average more snow here in March than we do in the month of December. December, not a big snow month for us here in central PA. But so last year we went through all of February, all of March, completely snow free. And then coming into November and December of this past year, we did the same thing. Went through both months completely snow-free, like bone dry. So as a result, uh, 3.9 inches of snow. It's you know it's been a while, really. Uh, and and that that three-inch snowfall that we had last year in January that was more of a kind of a clipper-type snow um, that overperformed a little bit, and it was a real light, fluffy snow. So this has really been the first time in uh, over a year that we've kind of tracked what would be what we would consider to be a traditional nor'easter. And uh, look, as we all know, uh, and if you're a fan of weather, you're listening to this podcast, but as we all know, you know, traditionally, our big snows are the result of nor'easters. Nor'easters being those areas of low pressure that work their way up the coast, offering transferring their energy uh, to another secondary area of low pressure and then throwing snow uh, back over top of us here in central PA. One thing they always have that makes them so potent is they have golf moisture. And, you know, this one, it's not a classic true nor'easter in that it's coming a little bit further out of the Midwest uh, before it makes its dip and, and picks up some of this golf moisture. But it is, as, as, as you know, I would definitely define it as a nor'easter. Um, but as we've been, you know, kind of getting geared up for this one, you know, big questions that have been in place. And, and this was a question I had as early as last weekend. Will we have enough core cold air in place for this to be all snow or an all snow event for much of our area? The other thing, of course, was track. 
And uh, then you also have to consider, you know, forward speed of these storms. Um, so all of those are big factors into going into diagnosing this one. And <clears throat> excuse me, folks, I, I, I swear I, I've been battling some form of a sore throat and a cough now for about two and a half weeks. Other than that, I don't feel sick. I feel perfectly fine. But I have had some voice issues here over the last uh, two weeks or so. So bear with me a little bit here on uh, on this podcast. My voice is a little bit blown out, but uh, we'll get through it together here. So what's been interesting about this storm, uh, and you know, it really started to pop up and have some pretty interesting features and characteristics last weekend. And it's something that myself, Tom, Ed, all started discussing last weekend. We actually had a text chain. It was either last Saturday morning or last Sunday morning. Um, started by Ed about, hey, you know, you, you, you see, you, you guys are, you've seen this feature that uh, the models want to bring in for next weekend. Looks like it could be a pretty juicy scenario for the potential for some snow, or at least, you know, the most potential that we've had to watch or, or look at or analyze in a long, long time. And so we kind of talked about it a little bit. And one of my concerns right away was, and I hadn't even really done a deep dive. It was the weekend. I tend to unplug on the weekends uh, from all of the weather data that I pour over all week long. But, you know, weekend's the weekend. I need a break, man. So I tend to unplug, and then I get back into it on Sunday night when I start getting ready for Monday morning. But, um, you know, my, you know, I think my text response to Ed and Tom was something to the effect of, Hey, without having done much of an analysis or a deep dive on this, I, I'm going to be skeptical because I just don't know if there's going to be enough cold air in place. You know, one thing I'm constantly doing as a forecaster is I'm constantly looking down the road and I'm constantly looking at long range temperature models and long range temperature data. And I knew enough to know that there wasn't a major push of big time cold air that was going to be coming in this week. The kind of cold air that you'd really love to see set in place for a couple of days before a nor'easter comes in. Nor'easters, because they do drag in golf moisture, they also drag in warm air and they drag in warmer air off of the Atlantic. So you really kind of need the perfect or sweet setup for a nor'easter to really go gangbusters uh, in our area. And one of the big number one ingredients is you have to have enough core cold air in place because the low, as it works its way up the coast, is going to be coming armed with warm air. You know, nine and a half times out of 10, they're big rainmakers down through the Carolinas, up through the 95 corridor, and then changing over to all snow uh, once they get, you know, into the Virginia's area, Delmarva area. A lot of times too warm along the coast, Atlantic City, Philly, will get far less snow than we could get here, even in central PA. So, you know, nor'easters can be a little bit tricky, especially if temperatures are marginal or even remotely close to being marginal. And that was my concern from the get-go. But having said that, you know, you, you always look at it with an open mind. And I would say this, that by the time I, I came in Monday morning and I was looking at things, in, in my head, I was thinking, I think the base number that we're working off of here is eight inches of snow uh, in general. Could be more, could be less, 
way too early to make any kind of a, a formal determination. This is a storm that's going to be coming out of the Pacific. Isn't even on land yet. It's all at this point, computer modeling. That's all it is. Okay. And unfortunately, and I, I put a post up on my social media about this this week. Unfortunately, there are a number of sites out there, many of whom are on Facebook or Instagram, some on TikTok, that will take long-range models. Bear in mind, cutting and pasting a long-range forecast model and then putting it on social media requires no forecast skill whatsoever. None. You are taking a computer-generated data readout it's just like if you were sharing a picture on your own Facebook page and you are screenshotting it and you are posting it and then you put up a whole bunch of, you know, dramatic verbiage and you get people cranked up and you get people going. Because to be quite honest with you, last weekend and even into early this week, a lot of the computer models were in agreement that this could be a blockbuster. This could be a foot or more. Um, I saw some posts, uh, you know, that were, you know, one to two feet of snow. To put that out there that early is so irresponsible. It's just, it's just a joke. It's an absolute, absolute joke. The other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize, and this is something I brought up in my, one of my social media posts this week, is that Meta, who, you know, is the parent company of Facebook and Instagram, has monetized their platforms in order to keep people invested in posting on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a business page, I'm not talking about like your normal Facebook page, like, you know, like your, where you have friends, the business pages where people have followers, where they ask you to like their page. You don't friend their page. You like the page. It's a business page. And there's a ton of them. There are ones that are based totally in nostalgia, like I love the 80s. I follow a bunch of music uh, pages like this where you you follow. You're not friends with the page. So I think you folks can understand the difference. I have one. I have my quote-unquote work page, which is Steve Knight at CBS 21 News. And then I have my personal page, which uh, I actually make different on purpose. I go by Stephen with the N, Knight. On my personal page. And there are times on my personal page where I can post things and only certain friends can see it, close personal friends of mine, or maybe just my friends. Sometimes I'll post things on my personal page and, and it'll be for public consumption. But anything that I post on my CBS 21 page, that goes out to everybody that follows me and really the, the public in general. So I've got to be real careful with that one. Meta has monetized company pages. So for a weather page that is out there that has followers, not friends, followers, every time that you share or click or interact with that page, they are benefiting financially. What's a better story? Is, is the better story that's going to generate clicks and follows and, and all of that stuff is that, hey, there's some modeling that suggests that there could be a winter storm, but, you know, um, you know, we got to we got to analyze things and, and it's way too early to talk about amounts. 
Or is it going to be a much better story that's going to generate what you're looking for, shares and clicks, if you just share an extreme weather model? Or in some cases, people are literally making stuff up. There's a famous weather post. This took place in the fall where a girl, just a, a normal girl, I say girl, woman, uh, a girl, to me a girl, because she <laughs> she looked like she was about 23, 24. She put together a post with and managed to put together some okay-looking graphics where she talked about a massive Category 6 hurricane that was going to strike Florida, Miami Beach, most populated area. Bear in mind, there's no such thing as a Category 6 hurricane. It only goes to Category 5. Category 6 hurricane is going to strike Florida and its most populated areas. And this is going to take place over Labor Day weekend. Prepare now. You know, give, you know, make sure you have your food and your emergency kit in place. This was like three weeks before actual Labor Day. It was this totally bombastic, outrageous, you know, and, and, you know, here's what's going to happen, this Category 6 hurricane. So you would think people would go, whatever, and roll their eyes. Nope. I mean, it got shared thousands of times, had millions of views. It took off. It went viral. You know, I responded to somebody on my Facebook post here this week who was asking me about this, and I said, you know, I'm at a point now where I would almost be in support of, and look, I'm not all for big government and, you know, all that stuff, and but I'm almost at a point now where I almost would support the idea that through the government slash the National Weather Service, like there should be some form of a license for you to legally be able to post public weather information. <laughs> because especially with it now being monetized, I mean, it is absolutely wild, wild west out there. And people are posting just whatever, throwing crazy scenarios at the wall just to get people to react, like, and share. And then a lot of these pages, on top of all of that, will then have links in their posts where they're accepting donations, where they're out and out asking you, hey, here's our Venmo, here's our PayPal, here are different ways that you can support what we're doing. I mean, it's out and out panhandling. It is so egregious and so ridiculous. And I guess there are people that are out there, you know, hey, look, it, it goes back to what, you know, the dawn of time, really. But I mean, the thing that I think of is we always talk about snake oil salesmen, right? The guys that used to come around in a covered wagon in the 1800s and, you know, sell you the snake oil that, you know, the, the teaspoonful of this a day will cure all that ails you. I mean, these people are snake oil salesmen, snake oil salesmen, just throwing stuff out there to try to stir the pot, to try to generate. And, you know, if you think they actually care about the credibility of what they're talking about versus constantly checking what's happening in terms of the monetization, because if you have a business page like that, there's a mode where you go in and it's the analytics of your site. And it shows you 
how each post you put up is doing, not only in clicks and shares, but in money in your pocket. And Meta pays this out once a month. There are some weather sites out there that are generating thousands of dollars, thousands of dollars based on throwing all of this crazy stuff at the wall to see if it sticks. You know, I follow a number of, you know, I'm a big music nut, so I follow a lot of music pages. And this is this is a harmless example of how this works. I follow a lot of music pages and they will just put up a screenshot of an album cover. Let's say it's, you know, the Eagles Hotel California and they will put up a screenshot and the caption will just say, thoughts on this album. It took that person all of 10 seconds to make that post, okay? But for music lovers like myself who have thoughts on the Eagles Hotel California and people that follow that page, every time somebody likes it or shares their thought on that record, that web page, that Facebook page is benefiting financially. It's a real quick, harmless way, harmless way of monetizing your page. What is not a harmless way of monetizing your page is chicken little weather forecasting that throws all of these wild scenarios out there, none of which are verified by any meteorologist whatsoever, in an effort to just get the pot stirred. So it's uh, it's one of those situations where you really, really need to be careful with, you know, who you're following, what you're sharing, uh, you know, don't get played by these people. That's the best way I can put it. Do not get played by these people. But as we make our way into the weekend, now that I'm off my soapbox, uh, in case you haven't been watching, we're thinking three to five inches of snowfall accumulation for most of the viewing area. Uh, there is going to be that warm air that's going to wedge in. Especially in places like York, Lancaster, southern Lebanon counties, snowfall totals will be greatly diminished there. Uh, just because I could see a changeover to not only a wintry mix, but eventually just plain old rain. And it could be some pretty heavy, steady rain, like 6, 7 o'clock on uh, Saturday night. Could there be some areas with locally heavier amounts? Of course. You know, when we throw out these totals like 3 to 5 inches for most of the viewing area, that is always with... You know, hey, there could be a little bit less, you know, in, in some spots. Uh, there could be a bit more in some spots. That's just kind of like a baseline number. So if you walk out Sunday morning and you go, oh, I got six and a half inches of snow. Well, you're probably going to be somewhat in the minority, but I'm not saying it's not going to happen. But it's just to basically give everybody an idea. Kind of think of three to five inches as kind of the baseline that we're working off of here. You may see a little bit more. You may see a little bit less. The areas that I th do think we'll see quite a bit less are York, Lancaster, Lebanon counties. Boy, Philadelphia, they might not see any snow at all or maybe an initial snow burst before it all changes over to rain and they just deal with a, a pretty good rainmaker throughout Philadelphia. Anyway, you slice it. It's going to be miserable weather for travel tomorrow afternoon, Saturday afternoon, and into Saturday evening. I think it's basically done by about 10 o'clock Saturday night. You know, another thing that was always fighting the idea that this was going to be a big blockbuster storm, not only temperature and track, but forward speed of the storm. 
it's a quick mover. It's not going to linger. It's not going to hang out. It's not going to snow overnight, Saturday into Sunday. There were some indications earlier in the week that that might happen, but that is not going to happen. So that's what we're looking at here for the uh, upcoming weekend. And, uh, you know, of course, we're going to be on top of it. Speaking of social media, I'll be up on social media on Saturday. Uh, as will Ed, as will Tom. Uh, we're going to be with you here throughout the weekend. It's really a Saturday-only storm. The one thing I will throw out, though, for you guys is that heads up on Tuesday of next week. Could be a brief period of snow, depending on timing, but I'm not really thinking snow is going to be an issue. I think we've got a pretty significant rainmaker for Tuesday of next week. And what we're looking at is likely easily over an inch of rain. On Tuesday alone, saturated ground, December was a wet month. So we could have some flooding issues around here uh, by Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning. Kind of stay tuned on that. That'll be the next thing that we shift our focus to after we get through uh, this weekend. So as always, appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, It's been a fun week for us here, myself, Tom, and Ed, as we've been tracking this uh, winter storm. First one we've really had to track, first nor'easter with snow potential we've had to track in a long time. So it's been kind of fun to dust off the uh, weather chops and uh, and get after it. So uh, stay safe this weekend. If you can stay in, especially Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening, Sunday should be okay. And I think we'll pretty much be back to normal uh, by the time that we actually, you know, get out the door on Monday morning for the Monday morning commute and Hey, farm show week. So hopefully you get a chance to uh, enjoy that as well. But in the meantime, as always appreciate you tuning in for another edition of it's raining Mets.